0: Here we go. Another happy Friday to you, my friends. It is April 9th, 2021, and we're back for another episode of Nudge Coach Happy Hour. Matt Gamble, how's it going over there?
1: Good. We are back. Happy Friday.
0: Happy Friday. Um, So... Lots of stuff going on in the world in general. Um, I know someone who had their first vaccination shot this week. Congratulations.
1: My shoulder is still sore. I will tell you. I don't know what it is. It was just the first one. I felt okay, but my shoulder immediately started like I turned the corner after getting the shot within three minutes. My shoulder was like, "Ah, you know, something's not feeling right.
0: Yeah, that's funny. Um, Well, you know, probably worth it for freedom, you know? Yeah.
1: For freedom, <laughs> yep. So I got to go back in a few weeks. I got, I got Pfizer. Had no choice. Didn't, to be honest. I hadn't done too much research of one versus the other. And I think, uh, I think most people are just kind of getting whenever they can get at this point. Yeah. So. General storyline t-
0: seems to be all very incredibly effective given the short timeline to yeah. put them together. So, so
1: I got it. Says, Shoulder's still hurting. Maybe, maybe one day it'll be normal.
0: That's our big un unqualified uneducated vaccination take right there
1: yep um i got pricked my shoulders started being sore there you go
0: max sore owie um i actually have my first shot on saturday
1: saturday there you go there
0: you go and i'm gonna be on team moderna so i'm sure at some oh, point man. in the future we're gonna break up society is gonna break up into teams based on which vaccination you got
1: that's true wow i i you know judge you a little bit it's like bloods and crips or uh you know, it's just Hatfields different. McCoys. Yeah, uh, pick your pick your uh, I guess historical altercation. Yeah.
0: I feel like if we were cool, we would have gone to um, Harry Potter references there, but I just
1: I Harry Potter houses. Yeah, can't pull them off. Gryffindor, of Slytherin,
0: Slytherin. Yeah. Thank you, uh, Hufflepuff. My wife is definitely a Hufflepuff. I get <laughs> crap about that all the time.
1: <laughs> so that's. Big news in the world of Nudge. There you go. That was the big news of this week. All right. Bill and I are both getting uh, first shots. So.
0: Yep. Yep. That is big news. it's we've transitioned from everyone on the team having babies at the same time to yep. now we're we're all slowly getting vaccinated. So mm-hmm. big big days at Nudge.
1: Big days. There you go. <laughs>
0: um. What else have we got going on? So we pushed some updates over the last week or so. Um. Very m- minor but important product updates, I would say. Um. It's- I think it, it was.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is a kind of a funny one. I, I think it's huge though. Now as we're kind of, you know, the card concept and we're really kind of expanding the card concept, you know, the ability to upload your own images into cards to create these really nice, very on brand card experiences. I, it, it seems like people are raving about it so far. So it seems like it's really been uh, which it makes sense. Better align it with your brand. Really. I was during testing, creating some really funny looking cards with like pictures of my cat. Cause that's all I had on my computer. So <laughs> it's it yeah. uh, makes a huge difference though.
0: Yeah. I did a little bit of a demo of it right before it launched. Um, not this week, but last week on nudge coach office hours every Thursday at noon. Eastern, Eastern, Eastern. Um, and I literally got made fun of because I I didn't check before the uh, before we went live, mm. and so when I hit you know upload image, it went to the most recent thing I was on, which I had just saved a bunch of different um, images of myself, my wife, and my kids. There's just like a wall of my family <laughs> just popped up in front of everybody. I think that's
1: normal. That's pretty normal. What the hell,
0: are those pictures of you? <laughs> So I got heckled during a webinar got
1: gotcha. you it it happens. it happens but it's, the
0: the point stands you can you can really start to customize the look and feel of everything now at this point. it's great yeah
1: i've seen I've seen some people I've only seen some a few examples so far from some of our partners who are using it, and it's been neat to see kind of some of their branding showing up and some of the cards and you know so you can take it whatever direction you want. That was a big update came out a week ago, so it was right after I think the podcast last week is when that went live. so that's mm-hmm. out there now. Um, I believe I don't know if we want to just maybe a little teaser. I think card organization is is the big big one this this month from my understanding.
0: Yeah, I think we can we can feel free to tease that. And I want to totally gloss over too. We did some kind of tracker reorganization. So it's easier to kind of create your own trackers based on on exactly what type of data you want to get out of it and kind of keep them organized a little bit better in, in there too. So that was a good little update. Um, just kind of brushing up some the mm-hmm some UI UX elements for you nerds out there Got
1: overshadowed I think by the image upload.
0: Yeah. Yep. It did for sure. Um, must've been that webinar where I was just showing everybody my kid and myself and different,
1: <laughs> but card organization. It's a, I think it's a, uh, it's a big one been getting a lot of questions about it for anyone who has been heckling me on any of our calls. There you go. It's a big focus of ours over yep. the next month. So it's in the cycle.
0: It's an exciting one because it affects people who are using the system a hell of a lot, right? Mm -hmm. So People are creating a heck of a lot of content that they want to um, send out to their clients in the form of cards within the app. If you have a heck of a lot of cards, it would be nice to be able to organize those in a way that's meaningful to you. So the way we do these at this point, we're getting into sort of a monthly cycle of updates is kind Mm -hmm. of the, the, our development team's goal. So, you know, look for something on that front. Around the end of the month, very beginning of May, somewhere in there. Um, but yeah, that's that's the process, I guess.
1: Coming soon. Coming soon. So, uh,
0: But what else is going on in the world of online coaching, remote coaching? All of our uh, friends and, and partners out there in the world are launching interesting concepts. So I think we're going to kind of bounce around a little bit and just talk a little bit about what we're seeing because we just have so mm-hmm. much so much stuff going on in in different channels, niches, Mm -hmm. different types of models. And this is going to be like a little bit of a, Hey, let's take a step back. And if you're out there in the world with a, you know, online course that you've created or just, you know, expertise in a specific niche and thinking, I don't know if online coaching makes sense for me. Mm -hmm. um, Well, maybe it does. And we're going to talk through some examples or just throw out off the top of our heads, some examples of recent, Mm -hmm. kind of initiatives we've seen pop up and the different things people are doing.
1: I am seeing a lot of people realizing they, I I think there was a a point in which people said, hey, I've got to create an online course. And they just kind of, it was a trend kind of like when people said, I need to have a website. Mm -hmm. And I think we're now seeing a movement in the realization maybe that, hey, maybe the online course I created was not the right approach for what i'm trying to do and part of it may be down to engagement because as we talked about before i think across the board course completion rates are like five to seven percent i i'll admit i'm one of those people that have bought a handful of courses and i think i've maybe finished one of them um nothing against the courses just you know just it's really difficult to stay engaged as you know as just a consumer going through those so i've been seeing a lot of calls i've been on recently at least of people jumping off course platforms, trying to transition to something that's a little bit more, um, a little bit more human accountability to it. And I think it's, it's a natural trend. I think when you kind of, I think courses are so attractive because of the scalability. I just think, unfortunately, very few people are good at creating highly engaging courses and that's the big problem. And that's where you realize, well, shoot, if, if I'm having a hard time really keeping people engaged over a long period of time with kind of automated content, I need more of that human accountability. I need to stay connected. And so I feel like I am seeing a lot or hearing a lot of or conversations of people who are have tried the course, have a lot of great content together because they've put together a course, are transitioning off of a course platform an LMS of any kind, and now are wanting to do more of this hybrid approach of having that scalable content with the kind of coaching piece. But then they're also trying to do something where maybe they have like a, a highly scalable like membership type model too. Mm-hmm. So kind of that maintenance plan we've talked about. So I'm seeing a lot of that right now. I feel like I'm looking at the conversations I've had over the past few weeks. I feel like it's been 75% of people like that.
0: It totally makes sense. And I think, you know, it's a little bit manifest from um, just kind of being on, on the internet, seeing, you know, mm-hmm. ads about, dude who's crushing it in life, who wants to tell you how he created an online course that made $50 million or something <laughs> crap like that. And he's sitting by a Lambo. Um, yeah. 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 There's a, There's a lot of that crap out there. Um, and, you know, I think it is a model like there is some there, there, but if you don't have a huge audience again, like an online course, the typical model there is it's transactional, right? You sell mm-hmm. access to it once. Someone may or may not go through it, and I hate to kind of be totally reductionist, but that's just kind of how it boils down a lot. Unless you're, you know, really effective at linking together tools and finding a seamless way to mm-hmm. kind of connect a uh, effective communication tool somehow to that experience and guide mm-hmm. people through that experience together. Um, even the shift in sort of the online learning world seems to be, at least to me, towards these cohort-based courses um, on larger I'm seeing larger a lot scale. of those too. Yeah, and I can totally get behind that, by the way. If you kind of imagine what you're, you're doing, you envision it more as like a course than a coaching program, that's totally fine. I would suggest if you are going to go that direction, figure out how to do one of these cohort-based co- uh, courses. And honestly, to me, that's just group, coaching by another name mm-hmm. so i invite you to try to do that on the niche coach mm-hmm. platform as well <laughs> but um i i'm definitely seeing quite a bit of that so some people on the internet who you could follow if you want to see that playing out at like scale um and very successfully tiago forte has a, a course Um, it's cohort based course. He actually talks about just the value of cohort based Mm -hmm. courses a lot as well, which is kind of handy if you want to follow him on, on Twitter. Um, but he does courses on kind of note-taking and kind of building your second brain. If you've ever heard that before, that comes from him, I think primarily, Mm -hmm. um, David Perrell, who does a really high end cohort based course on writing, um, so I know a, a, just a ton of, of really successful people have gone through it and had a great experience. So he's clearly, clearly tonning it. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's called rite of passage, right? As in to write.
1: Oh, to write.
0: Uh, yeah. Rite of passage. And then um, the other one, the third kind of really kind of scaling example that I've seen over the last year or so is Jack butcher runs a, a program called visualize value. Mm. And that's a little bit more design thinking, um, a little bit more on the design side, but all of these are really like how to be successful with these internet tools and on the internet, right? In in one way or another, even the writing course is all about, you know, writing on the internet, the importance Mm -hmm. of the power of it. Um, So these are all examples that you can look to, um, but they're also examples of ways that you can potentially scale Mm -hmm. something that you might think of as an online course and turn it into something that's higher revenue. Um, So cohort-based courses, something to to do a little Googling on if you want to go down that wormhole.
1: Yeah, I think a cohort is a, I think there's a a lot of different reasons it's attractive. I think for one, if you're trying to launch something new, it, it has a, I think sometimes if you're just promoting something ongoing and evergreen, it's tough to really build excitement for it and if you're doing more of a cohort based program you can kind of do a really defined launch around it which is just i think easier especially when you're first getting started to maybe get some initial interest get people signed up um i think it's easier to run too especially as you have a larger number like you know we we've got some partners right now i can think of we've got you know one partner that you know who i'm talking about who is running cohorts pretty much every week or two. He's running new cohorts and he started a new one about over the past couple of months with um, over a thousand people. And so I, I think it scales nicely and, you know, he's got administrative support, which, you know, that's, we've talked about on the podcast before. Are you going down the path of you want to scale by hiring more coaches and kind of doing the you know, replication model, or are you going down the path of kind of scaling yourself, scaling operations, so that it's kind of still you and you just have administrative support as you're managing more and more people. And I, I think that's where a cohort ties in really nicely to that direction. If you're trying to kind of scale yourself, bring in operational support, continue, you know, continuing to kind of feed, you know, pump out new content mm-hmm. um, asynchronous communication, stuff like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the dream there, right. Is that you, you, you know, you are able to go one to many pretty effectively, but if you're able to build something like in a community where there's a social mm-hmm. forum, like inside our platform or inside, you know, some online community platforms like a mighty yeah. networks or, um, you know, tribe.so, if you build and build that into something on your website as kind of a membership place where people can connect and, mm-hmm. and kind of communicate with each other as they go through the experiences that they start to learn from each other and kind of guide each other through the experience mm-hmm. and support each other. Um, on top of what you're doing that's that's the dream scenario takes a lot of work to get there and some time to get there but um that is definitely a great opportunity it's sort of the trying to combine i imagine this or i look at this and i'm increasingly looking at online coaching in general as like marrying the best of two possible things being the opportunity for that like one-on-one coaching relationship where accountability is really what gets people from a to b not Not like not sharing information. All the information is already on the internet. If it just took the information, then we'd mm-hmm. all be superheroes. <laughs> um, but <laughs> you need a little personal guidance to actually get yeah. you, you embed something, some new knowledge into your life in a meaningful way, right? And and actually move forward in life with it. So the one to one coaching connection, I believe, is the best way to help people reach goals. But one of the best things about the internet that I think is hard to argue is that it connects people with shared values, shared goals, and that kind of stuff in the kind of social settings. That's how Facebook exists, how Twitter exists, mm-hmm. how all these things exist, Instagram, et cetera. You're creating your kind of echo chambers uh, of people that, you know, you have shared interests with, shared values, all that good stuff. That's why that content is so engaging. Um so, in a cohort-based course where there's some community aspect to it, or a membership model where there's a community community aspect to it, um, you're potentially benefiting from literally what I think is probably like ten years from now, <laughs> you know, five years from now, even maybe even two years from now, we're all talking about how to optimize this, and it's agreed mm-hmm. upon as kind of the best model to take someone from A to B.
1: Yeah, I, it is interesting because I'm seeing as I'm thinking back over the past kind of 18 months starting to see more and more kind of consolidation or more definition of what online coaching is from kind of the models people are using the way they're positioning it framing it it i feel like it was completely the wild west a few years ago and now i feel like we're starting to see some common themes so um you know we talk about the influencer model a lot you know these these individuals who are like we kind of that going down the direction of kind of scaling themselves getting the operational support maybe doing the cohorts Mm -hmm. that maybe stemmed from them being thought leaders on social media um and kind of funneled nicely into hey you want to work with me one-to-one you know some kind of call to action off social media um starting to see a lot of that and i'm thinking back to the conversations i've had over the past few weeks seeing a lot of people running that influencer model where they've kind of got multiple tiers, you work with them one-to-one, or they're doing a highly scalable offering that allows more accessibility for a lower price point. It's not one-to-one, it's more of kind of group social and there's scalable content. Maybe there's webinars you can hop in. And it seems like this kind of multi kind of two tier approach, I'll call it is something I'm seeing a lot of right now in the calls I'm having.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And just to kind of paint that picture Mm -hmm. a little bit in more detail to fill in like that this could potentially be relevant to everyone who's listening Mm -hmm. to this. Like, what are some of the different areas we're seeing it in? Like obviously health and wellness is, you know, I think what everybody assumes Mm -hmm. when they look at us, but we're also seeing, um, you know, business coaching at even playing out at that level like, you know, enough, enough volume to fuel something like a model like that.
1: Yeah. I think consultants are rebranding to to business coaches. I think there's a movement and I I must've missed the memo, but (laughs) the number of calls we've had over the past few weeks with business performance, executive coaches, leadership coaches, um, oh, coaches for people job hunting. That is and a career huge Career coaching one. is all over career the place. coaching, yeah. I, I didn't I've, know
0: that was such a like, what's the term for it? Uh, cottage industry or something. I didn't know it was such a thing. I, it's popping up all over the place. You're right.
1: No, we had, we. it's funny. We I remember having a conversation with someone a few weeks ago. And I was like, wow, we need more of this. This is like such a cool concept. And then sure enough, three other calls I had over the next two weeks. It oh, was there's it more was of this. So, <laughs> Yeah, it was amazing. I, and then I was on a call this week with someone who was basically coaching educators and teachers, because the idea of now, especially with time of COVID, you've got more and more people being homeschooled. So the idea is even parents need this. It wasn't just like formal teachers. It was like a parent now who's doing homeschooling needs that support. So really neat to see. But I, I, like I said, I I am thinking we're seeing almost a rebrand of several industries who maybe historically had been calling themselves consultants or calling themselves, um, you know, teachers, trainers, something else. I feel like everyone's now a coach of something. Mm -hmm. you know it's kind of it's kind of interesting we're all coaches
0: yeah it's been a funny cycle just with Mm -hmm. that term like i feel like a few years ago we were like oh is the word coach being bastardized a little bit yeah people
1: people hated that term for a while and
0: now we're like oh it's being democratized like anybody Mm -hmm. can be a coach and that's a good thing because people have expertise in these areas and they understand like hey just got to keep people on on track of course you need to learn a little bit of the process of coaching effectively for sure but you have expertise, you care about people actually getting to where they want to go and you have the kind of raw tools for, for coaching <laughs> right there.
1: So true. So true. It, it is funny though, that we we've been seeing this. Um, so yeah, I'm thinking about some of the other conversations I've had. I mean, I, I we had one this week with shout out to Elle Michelle. Um, great, great <laughs> meeting her on a call the other day it was um, basically teaching teaching how to use technology so she was like a technology coach and it was i just think we're seeing so many different facets of it um and it it we i think the course an online course has been kind of inappropriate for a lot of these relationships um facets of it are necessary for the coaching relationship but you know text email has been kind of inappropriate um I think it's, it's just been interesting to kind of pick up on how people have been doing online coaching beforehand. And it's in the kind of the shift we're seeing towards kind of this new, new approach, new model. So, yeah,
0: yeah. Online coaching a few years Mm -hmm. ago was a total web of hooking together, hacking together Facebook Mm -hmm. groups or spreadsheets, even, and uh, email workflows. And you needed to either teach yourself to become a technologist or hire a technologist (laughs) To probably yep. pull it off um or just already have a huge mm-hmm. brand like a who's someone famous <laughs> name someone famous
1: just a kardashian famous. or something yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> well it's i think too and i mentioned this um a lot of conversations i've had recently too have been a lot of or uh, people getting into kind of b2b coaching business to business so they're selling into some type of business um whether it's just a traditional company um selling into schools i heard that this week um and that's more of like a b2b to c model where almost you're selling to an organization to then get access to their kind of consumers if you will um seeing a lot of that it makes sense i think too when you're starting a business trying to find individual clients is tough takes time it's expensive um, especially if you don't have much of an audience to start with. But I think if you can get a business client, a B2B client, it kind of helps you build a nice foundation of revenue to start with. Um, and so it just kind of helps you get some stability early on. And so I think I'm, I'm also seeing a lot of people trying to get into that space, coaching into corporate because they want that nice foundation of revenue. And then they say, well, maybe I'll start there and then spin up more of like a B2C offering or direct to consumer offering as well. like in parallel, mm-hmm. but they want to get that stability first. So been, been seeing that kind of, I, I think in conjunction with the, like I said, more of that kind of influencer model that we've been seeing as well, kind of scaling yourself.
0: Yeah. It's really interesting that how those two are playing off. Cause I, even, you know, people who are having success with sort of that influencer model, like they can't help but see the carrot dangled in front of them. Yeah. Of like, you know, oh, I can get a meeting with McDonald's yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, or like some big corporate group and kind of launch a pilot for this segment of their business, like a GE mm-hmm. or something huge like that, you know, um, mm-hmm. why not explore that? Um, and yeah, I mean, the the challenge, of course, there is that it takes, it's a heck of a process to get in front of the right people and, and get in the door there, but the promise is real, you know, um, you have success getting in there. You're going to be probably generating revenue from that agreement for a while mm-hmm. um and you know it's you'll feel like you're doing less chasing of consumers around mm-hmm. which is, is kind of nice for sure yeah
1: the sales cycle's more difficult takes longer um to get a company the larger the company the you know generally the more complicated the the sale but you know, I think it's kind of one of those things you maybe run both sides of the ship, you know, have mm-hmm. conversations with, you know, keep, keep maybe working with individual clients while you're also having conversations. Cause you, you kind of need to, ref, you know, reference one another in terms of like, if you're going to sell a corporate group, you need to reference that you've worked with clients before. Yep. And I think too, if you're working with clients to be able to show that you've, you've worked with larger organizations is appealing too. So yep. I think it it's a win-win. Yep.
0: It's all validation. All validation show sure, you've worked with some people they're happy about it <laughs> yeah it. yeah
1: so that i mean that's one of the things i think we am seeing a lot of is those two models right now i think it's um interestingly enough too i've been seeing more people who are using and this is maybe just a shift and maybe just the effectiveness and the ways you can connect with people now and through some of these social channels but the the I don't want to say the days of kind of building an email list and marketing the email list are, are gone by any means, because I think a lot of people still do that, but it does seem like maybe some of the tools and resources that have been rolled out from, you know, some of the social media platforms have maybe made it easier. I know we do, I, we've got a few partners I can think of that social is the primary driver of their business. Mm-hmm. And so they've done most of their attention is through social media. They don't put much reliance on email, or website or landing pages, they're they're really using social to kind of drive to, you know, maybe they're using something like solo.to or Linktree to, um, you know, build something into social media to make it easier for them to kind of capture leads or drive them towards their offerings and things like that.
0: It's a really good point. I mean, I'd be, I mean, I've always, I think over the last couple of years especially been surprised by how many people are able to really scale you know an audience on instagram just for example mm-hmm. um really grow an audience there and and a pretty engaged one even yeah. you know, it's not yeah. necessarily the raw numbers that matter here it's how many people are really engaged in what you're saying and really following you so people can people are having good success with that um you know, Instagram itself, I guess, is probably would lean a little more kind of health and wellness and nutrition There's a heck of a lot of that kind of mm-hmm. content on there um, and those types of people. So, um, but it's absolutely like the top of funnel, the primary top of funnel activity for a lot of really successful coaching businesses we're seeing um, are just kind of sharing there on Instagram. And, and like you said, it'll be interesting to see, you know, we talked a few weeks ago about um, super follows on Twitter. Yep. In um, kind of the introduction of a paid tier of content on those kind of popular social media platforms, um, you know I know Clubhouse just rolled out payments not too long ago. Um, yeah which, which real real now. quick
1: we've got to figure, we've got to talk about this. Okay. So Clubhouse rolled out payments and they're not taking a percentage of payments. So we, we once again, we have a company that has continued to not monetize. And basically rolled this out as people are like, "Oh, that's how they're going to start monetizing. They're going to take a percentage, like Patreon, and all those other." Nope, they're not taking any. So now no one has any idea how this company is going to make money. <laughs> so if anyone has any idea what Clubhouse's plans are, please share because no one has any idea.
0: Yeah, they they might want to be careful. Um, you know, not everybody can just be Facebook. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Well, I did see something yesterday in the news, which is kind of interesting. That they um, were in conversations with companies like Twitter about a pretty big exit. Um, someone, someone will probably buy them, but that's not that. The thing is, that's not a very complicated concept. Like they didn't. It's someone is. Like, I think Twitter is working on something. Some others are working on similar products. So I, I just can't figure out Clubhouse. So I, I do know from a coaching standpoint though, we know some people that have ballooned their audiences very quickly new channel very easy uh the the way discoverability works on clubhouse has worked really well for them it's i'm still really confused by the platform i think the ux on that one maybe it's just me i've just found it a really confusing platform
0: it sort of proves out kind of the the theory that it's really freaking hard to get a user experience right because obviously they bolted a lot of this together really fast i mean it's the kind of meteoric rise Mm -hmm. is pretty crazy um, but it's, it's really hard to, to build a really smooth user experience and a platform and I think that's kind of a lesson. although mm-hmm. it's hey, it's getting enough buzz for now to keep it afloat um, and, and still kind of scaling crazy mm-hmm. fast. The question is if the buzz dies down a little bit, is there mm-hmm. anything sustainable there?
1: Well, one thing, one thing is kind of interesting. You just reminded me because I know we've talked about how we want 2021 to be the year of the great client experience. It's the the mantra that we're hoping really kind of takes hold. We're going to make t-shirts and mugs. Right. Um, over the past two weeks, interestingly enough, I have had a handful of calls in which the person who we were speaking with specifically was talking about wanting, you know, using something else, coming to this call, saying they want a really awesome client experience. It was really refreshing to hear because I don't think necessarily a year ago we were hearing that and, you know, neither you nor I can take any credit for how the Nudge Coach platform looks because that's all Russ, but the, um, well, we give, we give feedback. So maybe we get like 1% credit, 1% credit. Um, but it's, it is something that I think so many products out there in the world, really cater to the professional or the business and they leave the consumer or client behind. And I think it's starting, finally starting to hit people and they're starting to recognize client experience matters. And I think we've seen time and time again, how companies like Apple, Peloton, those types of companies have changed the expectations of a consumer and they're just, they're expecting a better experience now. Mm -hmm. And it was encouraging. And like I said, it hit me that after about four conversations where this came up, wow, I think we're starting to see that shift now where coaches are starting to say, Hey, look, I can't just tie together a course over here with email and then text and have this really kind of broken, fragmented experience. It feels a little bit janky. It's got to be something that's a little bit more polished, and so I don't know. It just kind of hit me because it—I had not heard much of that over the until the past two weeks. So, something that just something kind of notable.
0: Well, you know why that is, Mac. It's because we dubbed 2021 the year of the client experience.
1: The year of the <laughs> client experience. That's so the soundbite.
0: Take 100% credit for that, but not for the design of the platform.
1: <laughs> no, no. And I don't. You know, we're several months in that's only about a handful of conversations that, that it's really come up, but it was just interesting to see these were people launching business that had, um, had been doing some things, had some clients and were wanting to really scale and do something pretty, pretty substantial. And they specifically were talking about client experience. And like I said, I don't think we were hearing that two years ago. I think we were hearing much more of, Hey, can I share PDFs? And yeah. you know, it was, it was, you know, I think thinking about more of the, not necessarily kind of the holistic overall experiences, more of like little itty bitty functionality and capabilities, which I think now people are starting to say, well, how am I packaging all this up?
0: Yeah, that's a good differentiation. Um, And I think it's really true. I mean, I think people are really realizing, especially who have businesses that if you somehow make life more pleasant or easier, on the customers you serve you're going to get a hell of a lot more payback from that over the long run than making sure that a couple of boxes are checked to make your life a little easier as the business itself now of course we want to do that too but Mm -hmm. you know there's there's some some there there it's really important to make sure that if your clients are happy you know you're going to be happier too because Mm -hmm. of the feedback you're getting
1: yeah and i think it i think it's going to build on itself because as one coach starts saying hey i'm going to create a great client experience other coaches around them have to say, well, hey, I have to keep up. I now have to create a better client experience. So now all of a sudden we take a step back and the whole industry is now creating much greater client experiences than, than they were maybe a year ago, which is really neat to see. And I think I think you're going to see a few things. I think for one, like I said, you're going to see across the board, I think you're going to see better client experiences from, from the coaching industry. I think you're going to see some systems technologies platforms people are using just aren't going to make it because they're not going to be able to meet those expectations um or maybe it's just shifting away from platforms people are using so like for instance a lot of coaches were using facebook groups we've seen a huge exodus on that over the past year kind of incredible what we've seen there i've hopped on a handful of calls recently where people said hey i'm just getting off facebook um So we're seeing that and and others may just be platforms that just don't make it in general, because maybe they just can't keep up from user experience perspective. So yep, interesting to see.
0: Crazy, crazy, crazy. You know, the year of the client experience is a crazy experience for everybody, I think.
1: We're actually just, we're like brainwashing anyone listening. All three three listeners that we have are brainwashing them and just start saying that each week. You're the client experience. No.
0: Exactly. That's this is yes. one big social experience. experiment. <laughs>
1: yep. Yeah, yeah. With all three three listeners of ours. So
0: I almost said experience again by accident when I was trying <laughs> to say social experiment.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, it's I mean, I, I think it's I'm a big believer if you kind of put the client first and think about building a great experience and relationship with them, data will come, revenue will come, all, all of that is kind of trailing indicators of keeping a centralized view and perspective on client experience um, and relationship.
0: Right. That's a a great pillar to build whatever you're building on. And I think hopefully what we've talked about today kind of enlightens a lot of people who are listening out there who may be in kind of unique niches um, so that they can see kind of that they can build a a coaching program there and it's going to be relevant, you know, from Mm -hmm. our time working whatever like cat parent coaching to (laughs) baby sleep coaching um all kinds of stuff we've you know we've seen it we've had our hands in it um gaming coaching gamer coaching i don't know i do
1: want to i want to work with more esports coaches if i'm i think that that is a world that is incredibly intriguing and i think there's Half of the problem has been addressed through platforms like Twitch, but I think the whole idea of kind of really the one-to-one relationship has not been addressed in that world.
0: Come on, esports coaches. Come on. Reach out to your friends at nudgecoach.com.
1: <laughs> but I think that's just going to be where a lot of growth in coaching comes in, I think, in, in general, because it's kind of like a whole new sport, a massive following that people are, now that the money is there, are going to start working with coaches, working with kind of quote-unquote trainers. Um so yeah, it's, you know, because like coaching is just at this point ubiquitous. I think everyone's going to be working with a coach at some point.
0: There's the title right there. Online coaching is for everybody.
1: It is. I think that's a good way to put it. We're all going to be working with a coach of some kind.
0: All right. Well, that's the that's future I can believe in and buy into. So if you enjoyed this, guys, you can find us on all your favorite podcast platforms. We also have a YouTube channel. Just search Nudge Coach. You'll find it. Um, uh, what else, what else do we have going on Mac?
1: I think just, we'll keep working on some of these updates we mentioned. Um, so keep your eyes peeled kind of early. This subsequent month is when those usually come out. Um, and yeah, more calls coming over the next couple of weeks. So we'll let you know, whatever comes up in the wild world of online coaching.
0: that's right um if you're immediately ready to tap into something every friday around this time 9 45 10 a.m eastern we pop on to mac underscore gamble and his instagram account for a quick video
1: instagram live
0: instagram live 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 quick recap of the episode uh so you can see us there um but otherwise you know where to find us and we'll talk to you guys again next time